0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
1: Lovely Rita, Nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. It is unbelievable. Our economy is in free fall. Things are so bad, I couldn't believe this. Today, Bob Nardelli, who was one of the founders of Home Depot, one of the head guys there, also with Chrysler, he was basically saying, everybody, load up on your cash, don't worry about your 401ks, and start stocking on dry goods. In other words, we're headed to a real big crisis. And he said this is the worst he has ever, ever seen it. These are dire warnings. And as we saw today, the Federal Reserve raised the interest rate. And by the way, in just a few minutes, we are going to talk to great economist Stephen Moore, uh, who is also a great radio host and also at the Heritage Foundation to get his take on all of this and also the policies of Joe Biden because despite the numbers that even a second grader can figure out that we're in trouble, the Fed clearly sees it. Mom and dads, everybody, when you go to the grocery store, when you go to fill up your gas tank, it is clear that we are in big time trouble and things are so bad that even CNN's analyst, Harry Enton had this to say. Take a listen to CNN.
2: This inflation in in context, how bad is the surge in prices? Uh, It's awful. I mean, it's awful, and how people feel about it is even worse. You know, you look at the consumer sentiment right now, and what do you see? This is the worst consumer sentiment ever measured by the University of Michigan, going all the way back since 1952.
1: Wow. Wow. You even hear it. This is CNN. This isn't a conservative network. This is a liberal network who clearly sees the facts are so bad that even they have to admit it. And then the CNN analyst kind of put some more context to it, and it didn't get any prettier for this president. Take a listen to that. And in terms of why are consumers feeling this bad, well, it's pretty clear why
2: they're feeling this bad, and that is because the consumer price index is the worst it's ever been in a midterm cycle since 74. It's the worst it's been in any uh presidential cycle or midterm cycle since 1980. So it's not much of a surprise.
1: And in the middle of all this, as the numbers and the costs go up and the inflation goes up, well, Joe Biden's poll numbers are plummeting. They are officially now worse than Jimmy Carter's numbers. Jimmy Carter's numbers on inflation, remember, were really bad. And at this time in Jimmy Carter's presidency compared to President Biden, Guess what? President Biden is three percentage points worse on the economy and the inflation as Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter's going, "Woo! I'm not the worst president in American history with inflation. I'm alive to see this. You know, he's cheering tonight. But the rest of us are not. Take a listen. Here's a little bit more from, again, CNN.
2: And how does President Biden's performance rate? Awful. I mean, I knew that was the answer. The answer is awful. I mean, you know, I'll compare it to Carter at this point in his presidency, right? Look at the disapproval rating Joe Biden has on inflation right now. It's over 70 percent. Carter, Carter was not even there at this point in mid-1978. When you're doing worse than Jimmy Carter's doing in the minds of Americans on inflation, you know that they're holding you responsible for the conditions that are currently on the ground that are hurting Americans in their pocketbooks.
1: And you know it is so incredible. Our president today sends a letter to big oil companies and says, you know what? You have to hurry up. We need your help. You are getting greedy. These are the same companies that he lambasted, that he just bashed left and right on the campaign trail. He's just living up to his campaign promises. When he was on the campaign trail in 2019, he said, we will kill fossil fuels We will stop drilling. We will go after them. There will be no fossil fuels. It will be a dead industry. He's on tape saying it over and over and over again. And now he has fulfilled his campaign promise— and has made it so tough for the oil industry to even operate in this country. The ones that are still operating. Because remember, he killed the Keystone. He refused to drill in Alaska. He refused to drill in the Gulf of Mexico. All of that, even as recently as May. And yet he won't admit it's his crazy green energy policies that have caused this. This guy is in such denial. And take a listen. He was at the AFL-CIO yesterday. and He's getting darn right angry about everything.
3: This year, by the end of the fiscal year, we will have cut the federal deficit by another $1.6 trillion in one year. One year. So when they come to you and talk about big spenders, let them know almost $2 trillion in deficit reduction. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives.
1: Yeah, you're changing our lives, but not for the better, Joe Biden. And the fact that he is first blaming Putin, then he blames meat industry. Now he's blaming oil industry. It's like everybody but himself. And in the middle of it all, we've got Debbie Stabenow and even Jennifer Granholm, by the way, the energy secretary, Pushing to say, gosh, this is really a good time to go for electric cars. Are you kidding me? Buying a $60,000 electric car right now. They're trying to, what, persuade people to make this enormous investment when they're worried about putting food on the table? Like these crazy policies are switching us over to their crazy green energy ideas? Are you kidding me? And he's going to go over to Saudi Arabia next month with like a tin cup and start begging this is so embarrassing, and this president has been so shameful in the finger-pointing and the blame game on everybody but himself. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight. It's one 800 848 one 800 What do you make of the fact he is blaming everybody but himself, and he will not admit that right now His green energy policies that he promised to the far progressive left, all the squad folks, all of those folks on the campaign trail, he will not admit that that is a huge mistake and has felt basically brought America to its knees. And to me, that is really shameful. And he's not going to change his policies. Doesn't look like he's going to change his policies. He's pleading with Saudi Arabia as opposed to saying, let's drill baby drill here in America. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And joining us now is the great economist, also a great talk show host on WABC. And he is also with the Heritage Foundation, also the Club for Growth, and also Freedom Works. And he's probably one of the busiest guys out there, my buddy Steve Moore. Steve, how are you?
4: Rita, great to be with you, and thanks for mentioning the show. Yes, I am on Saturday afternoons on WABC, the More Money Show, 1 p.m., so I hope people will tune in. Uh, And we need, Steve, we need a lot
1: more money because of this president. My goodness, Steve, (laughs) that's the perfect title.
4: Show me the money. Show me uh, the money. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did a fantastic job. You don't need me on the show tonight. I mean, you did a beautiful job of explaining what's going wrong with our economy. I mean, I can't really improve much on this. I'll tell you just one quick funny story, Rita. Yesterday, I testified before the House Budget Committee. You know, the Democrats run the Congress, so they, they hold the committee's hearings. And so the hearing, I'm I, out a Scott truth, I'm not making this up. You know what the title of the hearing was? the success of the economic, uh, of the, uh, Biden economic program.
1: And, and how, what was, was there anything underneath that title or was it zero? Like, you know, when they say, uh, how, the mo- you know, they say like the how- most famous book somebody writes and yeah. then you open it up and it's blank.
4: <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, it was basically something, how, how, uh, how Biden saved lives and saved the economy. And, you know, people, when I tell people that most people break out laughing, you know, that they would actually even hold a hearing like that. Um, Look, I think we're in a really—you uh, know me—I'm usually a pretty sunny disposition guy, a yep. uh, happy warrior. But I, I am really worried about the economy right now. I think you know—I think we slammed into a wall a couple of weeks ago. Um, Where this is this—it almost seems almost inevitable that we're going to get a recession. And the question is: in fact, I would make the case to you we're in a recession right now. Wow! It, it started about a couple of weeks ago, and. Um, we're going to, I look, I just pray I'm wrong about this. And I pray that we, if we are in a recession, we can get it over with, but I'll give you just a few statistics to add what you just said, Rita. So, you know, Trump, Biden keeps going around saying how well the economy is doing Did you see that eight out of 10 Americans now think the American economy is headed in the wrong direction? Eight out of 10. That's a gigantic number. And so Americans aren't feeling loved. (laughs) They don't think that this is a recovery. Uh, Another one that really concerns me even more than how Americans feel The small business, if you've seen the small business confidence survey that the National Federation of Independent Business does, they've been doing this for 40 years. The the confidence number that came out last week, their lowest level of small business confidence ever since they started doing this in 40 years. Wow. So that means small businesses are starting to hunker down. We're we're in a lot of trouble, and I'm so frustrated because I, I really, honestly believe, and I am biased. I'll say it, I'm biased. I work for Trump. I, I worked with Larry Kudlow and those the the great people in the administration, and we put together a great program. And Trump, you know, Trump knew what he wanted to do. We helped put a little frosting on the cake, but it was an incredible economy. We had uh, we had low unemployment, really low, big, large uh, wage gains for American workers. We had the lowest poverty rate in the history of the United States. I mean, it was just going so well. And what really frustrates me is that I honestly believe that if Trump were still president, the economy would be absolutely booming today. I agree.
1: By the way, I absolutely agree, Steve.
4: Yeah, COVID's over. You know we're 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 ready. We're reopening our businesses. We're getting and Biden came in and he reversed almost all of Trump's policies. Whether it was the energy policies, the deregulation, he wanted to raise all the taxes. We had the massive government spending, and just the anti-business attitude of these people in the White House, and it's really weighed down the economy. So that's my assessment right now. I, I I'm going to make one recommendation to people. Uh, if you've been on the sidelines, you know, for the last couple of years waiting because, you know, the jobs have been out there, I think this window is shutting very quickly. And I, my advice to people, if you've been on the couch, get out get out there and get those jobs where they're still available because I think we're, we, the, the parade has come to an end in, in terms of the, the good jobs market.
1: Wow, that is really scary. And just like you said, Steve, I've known you for decades. I mean, you have always been. Um, such a positive person, but also a very candid, which is why we love you and we appreciate your advice and your thoughts. You know, um, Steve Moore, the great economist and great uh, talk show host also and also with Heritage Foundation and so many great groups. Um, I have to play this comment from John Kerry and get your reaction, because what is so stunning to me, Steve Moore, is the fact in the middle of all this. First of all, you know, as well as anybody and you and, and our dear friend Larry Kudlow. Um, that, you know, it's the whole change of policies that he pushed away from oil and gas. He vilified oil and gas. And now we are not energy independent, which we were under President Trump. Now Russia is using it as a weapon. Um, You know, there's so many of these issues where we could just not only be energy independent, but we could be feeding the world with oil and gas if we were, you know, opening the spigots. And instead... He has shut down so many pipelines. He's shut down drilling. And now he's about to go, I I use the sort of analogy, he's about to go to Saudi Arabia with a tin cup. Basically, and say, oh, please, please open the spigots because he wants to have more oil on the marketplace. But he's so beholden to the left and the green energy folks that he won't do it in America. I mean, it's like like he's still trying to keep that campaign promise so he can say in November, you know, oh, yeah, I, I didn't increase drilling here. I shut those people down. But we got enough gas to be able to save the economy from somewhere. It's embarrassing. It's like we're a third world country. And um, here is John Kerry's comment. You would think, after all this, that he would kind of say, yeah, maybe we need to drill and maybe we need to do, they'd have some epiphany, but no. Take a listen, Steve.
5: And energy security worry is driving a lot of the thoughts now about, oh, we need more drilling of gas. We need more drilling of this. We need to go back to coal. No, we don't. We absolutely don't. And we have to prevent a false narrative from entering into this or, again, uh, pun intended, we are good.
1: Can you believe that? Like like it's a false narrative to say that we should be drilling here, but yet he's going to go over there and beg from Saudi Arabia and maybe go to Venezuela and all these other places.
4: You know, uh, uh, this is frustrating to me as well, because I did advise Trump on energy policy, and I remember— we used to talk throughout 2017 and 2018 about how we could make America energy independent for the first time in a year of my lifetime, Rita. And we, we accomplished that by January 2021, the month that Trump left office, we we're actually producing more oil and gas than we were consuming for the first time, uh, you know, in 50 years. And, and, then, <laughs> and then to think of how things have changed in, in just, what, 16 months. I mean, my goodness, I just checked the gas price. The month Trump left office was two forty nine. Now it's five hundred five, and I know those of you living in the New York area are paying six six fifty seven dollars a gallon. And uh, you know, and by the way, the inflation rate. You know what the inflation rate was, Rita, the month that Trump left office.
1: What was it actually? One point five percent. Oh my gosh! Isn't that incredible? <laughs> wow! It's incredible. We've got. How do you screw things up that quickly? <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you two, two words. Possible. Two words, Joe Biden.
4: Joe Biden, and he's so screwed up this economy. One other quick thing. You know, you talked about the fact that he killed pipelines. Oops, Steve, Steve, we're losing
1: you a little bit. If you could go back to where you were just a moment ago. You were losing you audio-wise. Go ahead.
4: Okay, I was going to say that, you know, you're right that he's canceled pipelines and he's also – He's also canceled the leases. But today, I think it was today or yesterday, I forget what Dave gave a speech, he talked about how uh, – and we need to get the oil companies to refine more oil. We, they need – I want to see them with more refining. We haven't built a refinery in this country for practically 20 years because his left-wing environmental friends won't let us build a refinery in this country. I mean, that's not a lot. Talk about chutzpah to blame the energy companies that
1: have wanted to build these refineries and saying, we're not refining enough oil. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You can't. It is shocking. By the way, Steve, I did a year abroad in Spain and instead of chutzpah, I used the word cojones. <laughs> 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 it's the same thing, right? <laughs> right. Steve, thank uh, you. But,
4: you know, it's, it's, it's a really troubling thing. I think, the American people, I think, now kind of realize they made a big mistake in November of 2020. Uh, you know, my buddy Larry Kudlow does say that cavalry is coming, but I keep asking him, Larry, are you sure they're going to get here on time? I think it's going to be, a you know, a, a major regime change in November. People are going to vote out a lot of these crazy people. Um, but I got to tell you, I mean— <laughs> When you've got policies, when you spend and borrow three trillion dollars in one year, and that, and that quote that you paid by played by Biden, where he said, "I've reduced the deficit by two trillion dollars," that's ridiculous. He came in and the first thing he did was increase the deficit by three trillion dollars, and and it, so he built this mountain of debt, and he said, "Oh, but this year yep. it's coming down." After I mean. <laughs> It is. You know, come on. Steve, we, we've increased the debt by four trillion dollars under under Biden.
1: No, you're right. It is such hogwash all the way around. I'm sorry. We have a quick break here. But, Steve, it okay. is so awesome to have you here, my friend, the great Steve Moore. Thank you so much for being with us, Steve.
4: OK, have a great have a great day. and, oh. and We will survive.
1: <laughs> oh, well, we're praying. We are praying. Thank you, my right. friend. Right, we, Rita. Thank you. When we come back, we're going to take your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
1: but actually it should be hold on tightly to your cash because things are not looking good in the U.S. economy. You just heard what Steve Moore just said. He's one of the great economists out there. He just testified yesterday before Congress. And he said, as our buddy Larry Kudlow often says, the cavalry's coming, meaning the midterms, and then, of course, 2024. And Steve just added, but I hope it gets here in time. Isn't that a scary premonition when you think about where we are at right now and just how complex and what a mess the economy is. But if you listen to President Biden, things are just great. Take a listen. Since
3: I took office, to your help, families are carrying less debt nationwide. They have more savings nationwide. More Americans applied for new small businesses last year than ever before in American history.
1: And if anybody believes that, I have a bridge to sell you because that is a bunch of bupkis. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to JC on line one. Go ahead, JC, from Pennsylvania. He's got
6: some boy. He is. It's unbelievable, okay? I can't. you you got to express yourself, J.C. You're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, somebody said if he was for no deal, his nose would wrap around the planet three times. He has some nerve, and I am so angry. He must think the American people are so stupid. And he's talking about greedy. How dare he? He is the greediest one. They are the greediest ones. They steal our money. They take our money. They give it away. They give
1: it away to the illegal aliens. They give it away to the lefty speech, critical race theory, gender. Uh, and and you know, JC, yeah. JC, you had a great point because you're right. It is very greedy and incredibly selfish to also say that, hey, you know what? Um, we want green energy, and we're gonna lose a whole bunch of jobs, and we're all gonna lose our waltz.
0: Rita Cosby is on. Show back the blue,
1: and in tonight's back the blue segment, which I love, where we always get to honor our great law enforcement, our great men and women in uniform. Trooper Tony Shuck in Manatee County, Florida, beautiful place to be, has officially now returned to full duty status, and that happened today after recovering from injuries that she sustained during the Skyway 10K in March. The Florida trooper was struck by a DUI driver while she was trying to protect runners during the Skyway 10K race. A woman drove through the barricades and through the roadblocks for the race, hitting the trooper who was trying to stop her from driving into the runners. So she was a real hero. And she was injured, of course, very seriously at this time, 46-year-old, Tony Shuck, after having risked her life to save others, the county commissioners also officially declared March twenty second, twenty twenty two, Trooper Tony Shuck Day, stating that Trooper Shuck selflessly placed her vehicle and her own life directly in the path of the drunk driver who was speeding toward runners participating in the Skyway Ten K, and that she is truly a hero. Thank goodness she's okay, and now has returned to full duty status. And I love that she has a day named after her. Very, very appropriate. Well, what I think is not appropriate is that President Joe Biden is like playing the blame game. He is blaming everybody. He's blaming Republicans. He's blaming Putin. He's blaming big oil now. He's blaming the meat producers. It's like he'd blame his grandmother if he could. You know, he'd blame whoever he could. Because the economy is tanking and his policies are not helping America. I mean, how is it helping America to stop the drilling? Remember day one, he cut the Keystone Pipeline? I've never seen a president in my life, and I've covered a lot of presidents, who on day one kills 11,000 jobs in the stroke of a pen in that executive order. Remember, he was bragging about it, bragging on the campaign trail how he was going to do that. And sure enough, he did it on day one, bragging on the campaign trail how he was going to end the fossil fuel industry. Well, he's doing a good job in putting a nail in their coffin. And guess what? We are all paying for it. And he's refusing to say that his green energy policies have put us in such a dire situation. And the situation with Russia and oil and all the issues, there's so many things that are coming together. And had he kept to the policies that president trump was keeping we'd be in great shape we would be in superb shape you just heard it from steve moore who was advising him on the oil policies but yet if you listen to president biden it's somehow the republicans fault take a listen republicans have it all backwards <clears throat> their plan literally calls
3: for increasing taxes on middle class and working people and cutting taxes on corporations and wealthy americans And I'm not talking about punishing anyone. Just pay your fair share. It's a matter of decency. It's a matter of dignity. It's a matter of fiscal responsibility.
1: I mean, this is insane. Fiscal responsibility from a guy who's still trying to push Bill back better and who pushed so much money and is now telling people, you know what, the best way to save money on gas is to go get an electric vehicle and spend $60,000. Is there anybody in there who took math 101 that understands that that does not make sense? At a time where people are spending hundreds upon hundreds of dollars, that's before this rate hike today. If you have a mortgage or you have a credit card or any of these other things, you're going to get socked. And there's going to be a lot of pain in the next year or two. There's no way around it. And it's because of his policies. And yet he will not admit it. And, in fact, today he went back to the old standard Let's blame Putin. Take a listen. I'm doing everything in my power to blunt
3: Putin's gas price hike. Just since he invaded Ukraine, it's gone up a seventy four a gallon because of nothing else but that.
1: Nothing else but Putin, right? Even though, by the way, we only got it was about 8% of our gas came from Russia. And had we been energy independent... We would be so lucrative right now. That's what we were under President Trump. Mr. President Biden, guess what? You really messed this up, and all of us are paying an enormous price. And the world right now is like, again, walking around saying, oh, can we get some oil from somewhere? Because we can't get it from America. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Ron in Texas on Line 8. Go ahead, Ron, your thoughts about this.
6: President blaming everybody for everything. Why can't he fix
1: more responsibility? Yeah. I'm with you. I am with you, Ron. And I think, you know what? I think Americans would actually respect him a whole lot more if he said, Listen, you know, I-, I would love to see, by the way, and I would give him credit if he came out and said, You know what? I really had the best of intentions of trying to go green. Um, it would be a great idea for the long haul if we could do it. We're not there yet. And we're in a crisis right now where we need to fix this. But yet he's not even admitting that, Ron. That's the problem. He's not even admitting that any of his policies in any shape or form have contributed to that. And that's the real problem here. I mean, that's what's scary is that he is so beholden to the far left and wants their votes and needs their support and is too whether it's ego Or whether it's some planned strategy that somehow they think they're going to, like, bring us to our knees on gas prices, that we're never going to want to buy gas again. You're going to have, like, such a bad taste in your mouth. It's like if you go to a restaurant and you have a bad meal and you suddenly have to pay, you know, a couple hundred bucks, you go, God, I spent a couple hundred bucks and that meal stunk. You never want to go back to that restaurant again. Maybe he's thinking it's the same way with gas prices, that somehow we're going to say, oh, gosh, well, I have an epiphany. I I maybe can't afford to fill up my tank for 200 bucks now, but I really want to spend 60,000 on an electric vehicle. I mean, you got to have a hole in your head if for some reason you think that that's correct. Let's go to Alice in Cincinnati on line one. Go ahead, Alice, your thoughts.
7: Hi, Rita. When you think of Joe Biden, you turn into something you never thought you would be. I'm not an apologist for him, but he has the mentality of a house plant. But he does have moments when he's lucid.
1: You know, the problem is houseplants are kind of nice. You know, they they sit around, they grow. This one's not growing, and our economy ain't growing under him either, Alice.
7: No, he knows what's being fed to him in an earpiece or a teleprompter. But I think he, he has traded. I don't think he's ever been a good person. If he's ever named man of the year, it's for the wrong reasons. Father of the year, for the wrong reasons. His son's a crackhead. He the money he gained probably wasn't wasn't uh, gained for the right reasons. The man's a liar. Uh, when you see him ranting and raving, uh, you know it's just it's it's pathetic. And now he's going to go to Saudi Arabia, hat in hand, and these are the people while he was campaigning, and that he said he's going to turn them into pariahs, and he's going to ask for oil.
1: And we you know what's like. you know what's amazing, Alice. You you hit it on the head. He's going to go over there and ask for oil. And for some yeah. reason, does it make any sense to anybody when we're all in the same climate, we're all in the same world, that if the goal is less, you know, dirty oil, you know, dirty drilling, all these things that you know the green uh, movement is pushing, if that's the deal, it's so much dirtier in Saudi Arabia. So getting it from somewhere else and then he could say, well, I cut back in America as if that doesn't pollute the world. You know, it's coming from somewhere else and it's coming from a place that's dirtier. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's it, it just defies logic and it's all for politics. And and it would be it would be funny if it wasn't so tragic. And if you look at the numbers today, I mean, you see the fact that we've had the biggest hike. You know, uh, in what, it's been almost 30 years. We have the highest inflation rate in almost four, 40 yeah. years. I mean, these are stunning crisis numbers. And and so, it, and like, it goes from funny to now where it's angry. It's like, how dare you thrust this on America at a time where we are in such bad economic situations and you don't even have the guts to admit you made a mistake with policy because you could reverse it if you if you lifted all these restrictions on all these oil and gas you know uh, pipelines, even create a new refinery. There hasn't been a new refinery since like the 1970s. There are so many permits and so many of these like uh, hoops that they have to go through. All these environmental groups are like suing anytime any of these oil companies are trying to do anything because they don't want it and the administration doesn't want it. So the, the climate is so anti-oil that who the heck would ever want to be in the oil business
7: when it's so oil
1: unfriendly right now, Alice?
7: They're making it impossible to even start up an, an oil business or whatever. They've canceled all these contracts. It will take probably a couple of years from what I've uh, read for them to just get it started again. Did you Did you hear Jennifer Granholm's uh, speech uh, last week about uh, how we we have to get used to uh, the new normal, whatever. And with a smile on her face, a very calm, gentle voice. Yeah. It looks like something out of 1984 or Brave New World. Remember that? Yes. They had this calm voice telling you, you will like this. Wow, Alice,
1: that's actually a really good analogy. Alice, thank you very much. And you're right. And she also came out just recently and said, you know what? Oh, it could be worse. You know, she was just asked, I think it was on uh, Joe Scarborough's show this morning. She also was asked, hey, you know, what do you think this is really bad? Again, you got Morning Joe, who's not exactly, you know, a a Trumper in any short or form. He's the exact opposite. He hates Trump. Um, And he's come out and said, God, these are bad. She goes, oh, it could be a lot worse. You know, it's like, uh, are you kidding me? Like how unsympathetic, how out of touch and how arrogant And just like you said, it's that kind of calm voice, kind of laughing like Kamala Harris laughs, that kind of like cackle. She's got like a half cackle. You know, it's like a half cack, I would call it, right? And so you're like, it's like, are you kidding me? Do you understand what America is going through? Uh, Alice, thank you very much. Let's go to Pete, line six. Pete, go ahead. What do you think of all the, like, the mirage of, of Biden?
8: Oh, it's nauseating. I, I I turned the TV off. I mean, right now I'm on the radio listening to every show that he's had on since uh, ten o'clock this morning. I mean,
1: but Pete, uh, right wait, 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 Pete. Th- but Pete, this what? is the best show, right? You may have listened to a whole bunch more, but this oh, is by far the best Rita, show, right?
8: Oh, Rita, I have to say it is the best show, and I tell everybody it is the best show, even all the people. And I'm glad to see Frankie Russo back on a podcast. Absolutely, uh, absolutely,
1: which, absolutely, which is great.
8: Three weeks from now. Oh yes, God! So I'll be, then I'll
1: be listening to you, Pete. Which is great. Oh, I love yeah. that. Be, so, I'll so Pete, the, tell I'll me. I'll be on the
8: right side of the law.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> you always are, my friend. So, tell me, what do you think about what's happening with Biden right now, and how how disingenuous is it it's that illegal. his policies I mean, have created the this? Guys,
8: the policies, the oil, the gas. And today, I went for gas. I ended up grabbing the hose and I was lifting it up to try to get more in the tank. You know, and everybody's looking at me like, what are you doing? I know my imagination is that it's doing, but there's nothing really in those hoses. But it made me feel kind of like I was getting a little more for my buck.
1: Yeah. And isn't that scary that a lot of people right now are just trying to like squeeze what they can do? I mean, I saw a story. This is amazing, Pete, today of somebody, and it was on one of the TV networks. I think it might have been on NBC. And they basically said that this woman, uh, she was a nurse, and she said to make ends meet, she's selling her blood plasma for $600 a month. She's going and, like, pushing it as far as she can get it health-wise to be able to sell eczema. Can you imagine how desperate we are? This is like a, somebody in middle America who is literally selling her plasma for $600 a month to be able to feed her kids and pay for the groceries because she was tight on cash just making ends meet before this. And because of the increases and all the concerns and and inflation and gas, all these things, I I mean, this is, and and they're just kind of laughing. Oh, it's funny. Go buy electric. You'll be great. Go buy a windmill. Go buy a $60,000 electric car. To me, it just shows how unbelievably out of touch and ridiculous it is. Let's go to Adam. Uh, On line four, Adam, your thoughts about all this?
8: Hi, Rita. You know, I'm listening to you discuss energy, and I'm thinking either this person doesn't understand what she's talking about or she thinks her listeners are really stupid. Okay, well, well, let's, Adam, Adam,
1: Adam, actually, let me, me, no, no, hang on one second. Let me educate you because, first off, um, obviously, um, you're living in some bubble, because you don't think what his policies have done anything to contribute to this i mean you listen to every oil executive and you listen to even democrats now who are coming out and going oh he seems really out of touch even some democrats have said you got to start drilling but but he's not doing that adam so this is not a political this is just a factual but you know you seem to know better than every economist and everybody else but go ahead adam enlighten Thanks. us
8: so uh, you, can, you can pump oil. America can pump as much oil as it wants. It's crude oil that we pump. We send that oil over to other countries to become refined. Every, I, I travel for work, and I've been in three continents in the past three months or so. Every single country is facing the same inflationary numbers of oil gas that we are experiencing here. It has nothing to do with us pumping oil here and yet somehow i don't understand how you're not able to, to to sort of like make make that that logical leap there is no relationship to what we pump as to what is developed into actual gas prices okay well two well two
1: ship. reasons adam with all due respect i actually listened to about maybe 10,000 other oil experts um, who've traveled a lot more than three continents, and aren't you know, uh, you know, sitting there are like armchair quarterbacks. These are people who are intricately involved, and also these are Democrats too. They're Democrats. Everybody has said it has clearly, definitely affected it. The fact that we're going to Saudi Arabia and begging—do you, you, you think there's anything impressive? about a president that we were energy independent, and on day one he cancels the Keystone Pipeline. Then he says, okay, we're not going to go in the Arctic Circle. Okay, we're not going to go in the Gulf of Mexico. This was the New York Times blasting him in May on that and talking about how that has had a direct influence on energy policies. So, you know, good luck with your three continents. You still have a couple more to go through. And good luck with your economic policies, too, Adam. But but I do appreciate the call very, very much. Let's go to more calls after the break, everybody. It's 1-800-848-9222.
0: This is The Rita Cosby Show.
1: Bon Jovi telling us to have a nice day, but it looks like it's going to be a lot of rough days ahead. And things are so bad, despite what Adam, who I think is drinking tonight, who seems to think things are great with the economy. Well, most Americans, including even CNN, don't agree with him. Take a listen.
2: What you're seeing right now, essentially, is that if you look towards what do voters think are important towards the midterm elections, And and inflation has got to be what, number one? Number one, numero uno. What you see right now, look at this, 48% say the most important issue in their vote for Congress is the economy. Gun violence is not anywhere close. Abortion's not anywhere close. Immigration, which Republicans were going to want to run on, not anywhere close.
1: And guess what? Eight out of ten Americans are disappointed with this president. With the economy, that is disastrous, worse than Jimmy Carter. And guess what? He just seems so out of touch and will not admit that his and the far left-leaning Democrats' green energy policies in very much created this moment. one eight hundred eight let us go to Pete on line six. Go ahead, Pete. Your thoughts about this? Hey, Pete. Hello? Hey, Pete. You're on. Hello? Go ahead.
9: Okay, Rita, you can hear me, right?
1: Yep, go ahead, real
9: quick. Okay, listen, I'd like to know why the Republicans are not doing their job and screaming impeachment.
7: Well, I can
9: tell you you why. Regardless of of, of who's next in line, Kamala Harris. But at this point, I won't even call him a man, all right? He is a force of nature, an evil force of nature that should be removed. He's not going to step down, he's not going to resign. Donald Trump got impeached. He didn't do anything wrong, they, they, they and they impeached,
1: dragged us through the impeachment process. Why are the Republicans screaming impeachment every single day? And I'll tell That's you why, Pete. Be- I'll tell you why, Pete. Uh, it is because I believe that November is right around the corner in their mind. And I think that they're thinking, look, it's a few months away at this point. Uh, They just got a a seat, a big seat in Texas, at least short term, with the Congress there that flipped it to red. I think they're thinking it's going to be bright red after the midterms. That's what the Republicans are hoping. And then in that position, then they may be in charge of the House. They may be in charge of the Senate. And then they can certainly do things like that and do a whole bunch of things. But right now, they really can't do anything. They can sit and say for it. They can call for it or they can do it. But it's just words at this point because they have no control. You know, they're a minority right now. But if things change and the numbers change, they claim they will do that. And we'll see if they will. It'll be interesting to see. Let's go to Nokel on line three. Go ahead, Nokel, your thoughts.
9: Yeah, good evening. You asked me yesterday what I was drinking and what I had in my house to drink. You know, what, what did Rudy
4: Giuliani give you to drink? Let me tell you something. Joe Biden... Is, don't, if you want to blame him for something, there's only one thing you could blame him for, and that's for not passing the BBB, Build Back Better plan, because that way we would have been ahead with, with green energy, and more people would have electric cars, and we wouldn't need so much gasoline as we need now, so we wouldn't have the inflation crisis. Let me tell you something.
9: President Trump had COVID-19, and he did a disastrous job with it because he didn't tell the American people about it when he knew how, what a terrible epidemic it was until
4: it was too late and people were dying already. All Nobody right, wait, wait, died, wait,
1: wait, no, Americans wait, no. Oh, cool. hold on one second. Two things. First off, yeah, I'm not sure what what you're talking about with Rudy because uh, Rudy was on the show last night and we even had other people uh who were uh calling in and aware and basically said that he was sober, you know, when when the whole thing happened at the White House. So I because Rudy's not here to defend him, I will. Um and he said that that was absolutely not true and that other people were saying the same thing. It's just because people were upset because they had a different opinion about the election than he did. So that's, I think, where you're trying to do the little lowball slime of him there. Now, number two, um, you talked about uh, Joe Biden. You are kidding me that you think the solution is more spending? The problem is he has overspent at this point, and that's why they're trying to cut back on the spending and god help the economy unfortunately if they pass the build back better plan which he is trying to still do just as you point out um you think more green energy is the solution we have to really look at where we are right now when you're looking at all the factors and where the economy is you got to put america first you got to put the american worker you got to put american citizens and that to me is so out of touch to say yeah Go spend 60000 on an electric vehicle. That's really going to save it all. You need to work with Jennifer Granholm and, and wave that magic wand and pretend that things are going to get better, Nokel.
0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show.
10: I know your name is Rita.
1: Things are so tough at the border, and we're going to talk about that on the Rita Cosby Show. Also continue talking about the economy and also, by the way, the war on cops. This is just a really tough time in America with a lot of big issues on the horizon. And the new thing That we are seeing about the border. This is stunning because you go back to September and remember those images of the border agents who work so hard. They are dealing with historic numbers of people crossing the border. They're dealing with all the issues of the policy by the Biden administration. They're basically babysitters because they're just dealing with so many numbers coming in and so many confusing policies. And a lack of enforcement led by the Biden administration. I mean, that's another issue, of course, is border that people are going to be thinking about at the midterms and beyond. And remember back in September when there was the allegation of those guys on horseback, the border agents, and there was a huge group of Haitians that were underneath the Del Rio Bridge. They were in Del Rio, Texas. And there were allegations that the border agents who were using the reins you know that they were using to basically direct the horses anybody who uses who's on horseback i've a lot of friends who are on horseback or have farms talk about how you know you just basically use the reins that's how you steer them and there were allegations that they were whipping the migrants and there was a shot that was taken a photo and it looked bad on the surface you go god i you know it, it just the visual didn't look good And yet the photographer came right out and said, no, 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 no. They weren't using whips. They weren't whipping the migrants. They were just steering the horses back like what you normally do. And, in fact, they're on horseback to try to see if they can get some of these people who, if it's hot weather and they're up in the mountains, first of all, to try to locate them, obviously, if they're crossing illegally. And also, often there are people up there that have no food, no water, trying to save them, too. So the horseback is actually a very valuable tool For law enforcement. But yet, remember, the border agents were maligned and they were smeared and they were everything else, especially by people like Maxine Waters. Remember what she said
10: back in September? Take a listen. And we're saying to the president and everybody else, you got to stop this madness. And I want to know in the first place, who's paying these cowboys to do this work? They've got to be gotten rid of. They've gotten to be stopped. It cannot go on. And so I thank all of you for being here today. Write the story. Tell the the story about what is going on. And let people know that they're trying to take us back to slavery days and worse than that
1: worse than slavery? And then remember, Kamala Harris also echoed that sentiment and said that there will be a dear price to pay for those border agents.
10: Well,
7: first of all, I've been very clear about the images that you and I both saw of those law enforcement officials on horses. I I was outraged by it. It was horrible and um, and, and (laughs) deeply troubling. There's been now an investigation that is being conducted, which I fully support, and there needs to be consequence and accountability. And she also
1: echoed exactly what Maxine Waters went, which is just outrageous.
7: Human beings should not be treated that way, and as we all know, it also evoked images of some of the worst moments of our history where that kind of behavior has been used against the indigenous people of our country, has been used against African-Americans during times of slavery. And um, so I'm glad to, to know that, that Ali Mayorkas, the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, is taking it very seriously.
1: Isn't that unbelievable? Basically saying they were racist, it evokes slavery. Well, they said they were going to investigate it right away. And now many, many months later... The agents have apparently been cleared of any criminal activity, anything technically wrong in that regard. And so everybody thought, okay, well, it's just going to blow over that maybe there'll be an apology because I got so publicly smeared, remember, as a result of that? Uh, 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 uh. Here it is. Now we are finding out today, and this is stunning, and we're going to talk about this later on in the show, that now we are finding out those border agents, those hardworking border agents who were smeared and maligned, and yeah, They were, quote, cleared of charges. Now they're going to be facing some sort of disciplinary action as a result. And people are going, whoa, whoa, wait. How can that be? Why would there be any disciplinary action if there are no charges, if they were cleared of everything? Well, guess what? Doesn't it sound like maybe they needed to try to say, well, we can't totally let them off the hook because then we would have to admit we're wrong. Could it be a lot of politics that are going on here? That, to me, is disgusting. They are throwing these poor agents under the bus because they're trying to justify their own incorrect allegations, as opposed to saying, we're sorry, we made a mistake. And they know there's not enough to criminally charge them or do anything like that. So let's try to find another way so we can kind of justify that these comments that we made somehow could have been appropriate. And border agents are livid. The Border Agents Union says there will be an enormous public fight when this happens, and they're anticipating it's going to happen at any moment, that they will fight any sort of administration, basically maybe suspending them, maybe terminating them. I mean, that is outrageous. Not saying they did anything wrong, but trying to find something that may be fit so they can justify why they smeared them so bad. This, to me, is outrageous, and we're going to talk about this later on in the show. Meantime, speaking of angry, because I'm angry about the way they're treating the border agents, well, Joe Biden is angry about people being upset with the economy. Take a listen. This year, by the end of the fiscal year,
3: we will have cut the federal deficit by another $1.6 trillion in one year. One year. So when they come to you and talk about big spenders, let them know almost two trillion dollars in deficit reduction. I don't want to hear any more of these lies
1: about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. He is changing people's lives, but for definitely the worst. And much worse, especially with the new interest rate hike, the major hike that is really going to sock it to anybody who has a mortgage, anybody who has a car, loan, uh, credit cards. I mean, it is going to get really ugly. And Joe Biden refuses to admit that his policies created this. And we talked about the border. You got crime. You got the economy. Well, guess what this spells? Things are so bad that even CNN is saying this is a great time to be a Republican come the November midterms because they're predicting it's probably going to be a red wave. Take a listen
2: when you look at your generic congressional ballot. So put it all together. Right. We're going to make this giant stew for you. What do voters feel right now? Look at this on the generic congressional ballot. We're just looking at the best Republican positions dating all the way back since 1938. This is the best I repeat, the best Republican position on the generic congressional ballot basically of all time.
1: The best Republican generic congressional ballot since 1938? I mean, that's stunning. I didn't think Joe Biden could hit any records, but he is as the worst president basically ever. one 800 one let us go to Robert on line four from Philly. Go ahead, Robert.
5: How you doing, Rita? Good to talk to you. And I was, as always, enjoying your show, listening. You know, I usually don't call, but I hear things. Um, to the person who was talking about you don't know about the oil markets, he doesn't know about the oil markets. The oil prices on the world level are decided by known supply, planned supply, and untapped but not off-limits reserves. Biden cut our production by 11% the first year. We went from 18 million barrels a day to 16 million barrels a day. He put Anwar off limits. He, 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 he took the untapped known reserves, uh, decreased them by 70%. That is why oil prices were rising. And, of course, it's going to go around the world because we had gotten so strong in our energy – that we had that kind of impact on the world for the first time in our lifetime. Absolutely.
1: And the guys, I, by the way, absolutely. The guy's name was Adam, and he's like, "Oh, I've been to uh, three cities in America." <laughs> you know, he like, doesn't know what he. he three continents. He's I'm, I'm kidding, but he he obviously was completely out of touch. I mean, you know, he, it's it's shocking though because you know that's why I'm playing CNN, Robert, because it's not like CNN is you know the conservative news network. You know, I mean they're not. You know, and CNN is saying, "Wait a minute, these policies." Wait a minute, you know, people are fed up with the economy. I mean, it's like this. It, you know, there is still people who are, and I, I use the expression "la la land," and that's what Adam is clearly still in. But, but go ahead, I agree with you, Robert, one hundred percent.
5: Real quick about the deficit. Um, the only reason the deficit—it's all uh, proposed, projected. He didn't pass his bill back. Better that projected deficit came down as a result, and he's taking credit for it. You can't, it doesn't get any better than this. Well, and and Robert, Robert, Robert,
1: thank you. By the way, Robert, you know, to add to what you just said, he also is like, well, I've created the most jobs. Well, it's because he came in during COVID, (laughs) you know? That's like, you know, like I could pull my grandmother off the street and suddenly the world opens up, and yeah, you would be creating a lot of jobs, but it's not because... Of him, it's because the economy came back. If a business is closed and suddenly it opens, obviously that's good news. But it could have been 20 times better, you know, if he had kept us energy independent. And especially given all the dynamics, I mean, I would turn right now, you know, uh, and if I was interviewing the president, President Biden, I would say, wait a minute, you're sitting there blaming Putin. I would blame you because right now, if you're looking at the Putin strategy, given the Putin dynamic, it's even more reason to be energy independent because not only would we be self-sufficient, but we'd also be selling to other countries and we wouldn't be looking, you know, like we're begging from Saudi and all these other places. It's it's just he is just trying to, like, play with semantics and hope, uh, you know, hope that when he says, you know, the sky is purple, that at some point we're going to believe him and people are going, no, 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 it's blue. Uh, but, boy, is he crazy, Robert. I, I agree with you. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to B.J., line two. Go ahead, B.J., your thoughts real quick, B.J.
9: So you have all the orange man bad theorists calling you up. They would do anything to uh, let the state run their lives, and they believe that, uh, you know, if you spend – you can spend your way out of uh, a recession, which is what we're, we're in now.
1: Or, the, or, 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 B.J., they believe, like Adam was saying, who was the caller – the Orange Man, bad caller. Um, he basically believes that you know, oh, nothing Biden has done has contributed to this. It's like, um, are you kidding me? You know, I mean, it's it's actually shocking, and it, and it's an insult to the average American. Whatever political strife you are, and it's an insult to the people who are having a hard time gassing up their car and paying the rent. Um, to me, it it is such a slap in the face that. He won't even acknowledge that anything he has done has created this. I mean, his policies have been so against America on so many different levels. B.J.
9: It's it's leftist gaslighting and it's typical. This is let's not forget the overall here. The overall is this is a leftist power grab to keep you in your home. That was the whole pandemic to lock you in, wrap you up in a mask, to take your vote away from you. That's why they have all this mail-in ballot, ballots crap. And uh, uh, they turned election day into election season. And this is all this is about. Biden is uh, pretty much in cognitive decline. They put him out there because he's a lightning rod for the cameras. So he can say all this crazy nonsense and, and make all these uh, unsubstantiated claims that are so outrageous, which is more leftist gaslighting. And this is just meant to drive people, uh, you know, to polarize the country. And people like that fool uh, believe in it but if we just uh, uh you know all we need to do is to make certain that we elect as hard right conservatives as possible in November and we really need to show up and tell ten of our friends and do this that's the only way we move the needle because otherwise if we let these people uh, do it they're going to they're going to keep us locked away like they do in Taiwan and all these other places around the world
1: well absolutely and listen people need to come out and vote too and send a very clear message in November that You know, they're not buying this hogwash. BJ, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Anastasia on line eight. Go ahead, Anastasia, your thoughts.
11: Thank you for having me on your show, Rita. You're doing a remarkable job in bringing the truth out to the people. I uh, would like to say that no more lies. Enough is enough. Don't blame pudding for whatever is going on right now as far as gas goes. I had to pay $5.59 a night at the pump. Wow. And it hurts. It hurts. This is Astoria.
1: Wow. You're in Astoria, Queens. You're in Astoria, Queens. That's a lot. But, you know, Anastasia, what do you make of the fact that he is not doing anything that's changing his policies? He won't even admit that his policies have played a role. It's very obvious. This administration
11: was put purposely there to destroy america i am an immigrant and the only reason i came to america for a better opportunity we've had our opportunities thank god we work hard but america is going down and it's sad it hurts me i love america and i will do
1: anything for this country absolutely by the way anastasia where are you from greece oh beautiful Beautiful, beautiful. Zito Alas. Thank you very much, Anastasia. Beautiful. And I love this country, too. Real quick, let's go to Richie, line four. Real quick, Richie.
12: Good good evening, uh, Rita. Uh, I am weary that the United States will ever be energy independent again, no matter which administration is in charge.
1: Oh, I disagree, Richie. I actually think come November, you know, um, the House will try to push it. Obviously, it really matters a lot who is in, you know, the White House. But I think if it becomes a Republican, the first thing they'll do on day one is sign the Keystone Pipeline deal. They'll actually go back to putting it in place. So I actually think they'll make a point of that. But the, the management
12: of the traditional energy companies have to realize that the government policy can change in an instant and make any investments that they may make worthless. So under those circumstances, no matter what happens, no matter which administration is in charge, are they going to make the investments necessary to increase our production, realizing that they can it can their whole investment can be a loss.
1: No, that's that's in actually instant, you're right. An instant, right. In no. an instant yeah no richie that's that's actually a really powerful point um because even if you have an administration that's behind you, if you're worried that they're one term or whatever um but maybe there are some things that could be in place that would institute it um although you know you're right, you could see an executive order or somebody comes in and talk about dramatic swings right like and it's a huge investment if you're in the oil business too i mean these aren't little you know little investments these are big long term deals that's a really powerful point I do think though, so that Republicans will try to do everything they can immediately to turn the spigot and make us energy independent again. But you're right. Hopefully it won't be like a whiplash and going back and forth, depending who's in office. one 800 one 800
0: This is The Rita Cosby Show.
1: And we are talking about Biden's disastrous policies and the fact that he is in such denial. But if you look at the poll numbers, they are atrocious and they reflect the sentiment of every American. And today we had basically the biggest rate hike, interest rate hike in almost three decades because the economy is so bad. And it's probably going to get a lot worse, everybody. And that's a scary premise. And this president is so out of touch. one 800 let us go to Roger. Line 8 from Massachusetts. Go ahead, Roger. Your thoughts.
6: Yeah, well, first of all, thank you. First of all, they're not so much his policy. He can't do anything because it's, it's his handlers, all right, his advisors, whoever's behind the scenes. But the reason I called was, remember, he tipped his hand a couple of weeks ago. When you told the reporter that, well, we're transitioning away from fossil fuels. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, really, though, he's going to other countries, getting ready to try to get other countries to um, to...
1: Exactly. That, right, he's going to where the standards are much worse, it's dirtier, and we're all in the same planet. So how is that helping the planet? It, that's why I'm saying it is all politics, so we can say, guess what? It's cleaner in America, where I made America a little more green. Meantime, everybody, when we come back, I want to get your calls and your thoughts on the fact that now border agents are being made scapegoats. Because now it's coming out that even though they won't be charged, they were cleared of whipping the migrants. Remember those images when they were falsely accused? Well, now they're going to suffer some administrative repercussions because the Biden administration doesn't want to admit they were wrong.
0: Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
1: And in tonight's support, our hero segment, where we honor our great men and women in the military, a powerful story coming from Jacksonville, Arkansas, beautiful Jacksonville, Arkansas, where the military is woven through the fabric of Jacksonville. And it's been a huge part of veteran George Richardson's life, who is a 25 year veteran of the military. He spent time in Vietnam And now he is very active with disabled American veterans and helping there in Jacksonville. And it was a surprise to him, as it's supposed to be, when the commander of the DAV's Jacksonville chapter presented a custom-made quilt to honor his service. Uh, They said, you're going to be honored with something special. And he said, oh, my gosh, this is bringing a tear to my eye. Somebody else deserves this more than me. I feel really humbled. What a beautiful reaction. And they said, no, we do it because we love our veterans. We love you and anything we could do to shine a light on your service. How beautiful that they are doing this. He received it, by the way, on Flag Day, of course, which was this week on June 14th. And it is their way that they try to do every year to honor different veterans for their service and for protecting our nation and how beautiful uh, to give it to a guy like this who is so humbled and so appreciative too, of his service a 25 year veteran George Richardson and bravo to him and all the veterans and also the DAV for making sure that they continue to get honored after their service I love this well we're talking about service and we're thinking about also so many folks who are with the military who are also helping there at our border region And I think about the tough job that our border agents have. It is unforgiving. They're dealing with just horrible situations right now. They have an administration that is pushing for open border policies. Right now, by the way, what is believed to be the biggest caravan ever is coming towards the U.S. border. It is Haitian. Migrants, primarily in this major, major caravan that is heading to the border, because guess what? They're seeing a big old green light, a big neon light saying, come on in. And they're worried what could happen if Title 42 gets withdrawn. Remember, a judge forced the Biden administration to keep it in place. That's that health provision. The Biden administration said, oh, no, we don't need that. They wanted to make the border even more open. But they've been forced by the courts time and time again And speaking of the Haitian migrants, remember that image of the border agents? And it looked like they were potentially whipping the Haitian migrants back in September. Those are all those ones who were sleeping under the Del Rio Bridge. And right after they crossed, remember, it was that enormous caravan, mostly of Haitians, that came through in September. And you saw this image. And at first it was like, what is that going on? And the Biden administration right away jumped to conclusions And smeared these agents and basically said they're racist, that they were overbearing, Uh, how dare they treat the migrants, the people that were crossing illegally this way. And I think the worst person who smeared
10: them was Maxine Waters, Congresswoman of California. Remember, she said this. And we're saying to the president and everybody else, you got to stop this madness. And I want to know in the first place, who's paying these cowboys to do this work? They've got to be gotten rid of. They've gotten to be stopped. It cannot go on. And so I thank all of you for being here today. Write the story. Tell the story about what is going on. And let people know that they're trying to take us back to slavery days and worse than that. That's
1: outrageous. And then the president of the United States then slammed the border agents on horseback. Remember this?
3: It was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treated like they did, horses really running them over, people being strapped. It's outrageous. I promise you, those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences.
1: So I promise they will pay. Now, let's fast forward. They said there was going to be an investigation that would last a few days. Now it has been several months later, and it turns out that they've been cleared of any criminal charges. They've been cleared of no wrongdoing. Basically basically said there is no wrongdoing here. So everybody thought, okay, well, maybe at some point they'll get a formal apology because they certainly deserve it from the administration and Maxine Waters and a lot of other people, too. But they're not getting that. And guess what? It comes out today. That it looks like they will face now some disciplinary action. That it's not good enough that they're getting off scot-free. Because remember, it turned out that they didn't have whips after all. Even the guy who took the pictures said, wait, 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 this is they're being falsely accused. They didn't have whips. There was the horse reins. They were using the horse reins to kind of steer the horses. What are you talking about? And this is outrageous. So talk about politics. What is it? The Biden administration. As we're talking about all these policies with green energy, they won't admit they did anything wrong there. And they won't admit that they smeared the border agents, so somehow they have to come up with some sort of charges against them to justify why they smeared them so bad. As opposed to saying we have a horrible open border policy, it's been a disaster, and we apologize because we misunderstood the image. And I'm glad they're being cleared, and thank you, law enforcement, for all your hard work at the border. But they're not going to get that. They're probably going to get either terminated or suspended. How outrageous is that? Well, listen, this is Art Del Cueto, and he is head of the National Border Patrol Council. And he said when this comes down, these, quote, disciplinary actions, they're going to really fight it tooth and nail. They said all heck is going to break loose at the border. And these agents are fed up with this administration. Take a listen.
13: A lot of these politicians, they'll be the last to say, you know, hey, thank some of these agents because they're doing a good job. It, it's easier for them to attack them, to bring up false accusations, and for this administration to be vindictive politically against these individuals. Mm.
1: Isn't that sad that it's all about politics, they believe? And this is what Senator Ron Johnson had to say, too, as well.
13: Because the administration has to find scapegoats. Uh, THEY REFUSE TO ACCEPT RESPONSIBILITY. YOU KNOW, I, I'VE HAD MAYORKAS BEFORE OUR COMMITTEE, I KEEP TRYING TO ASK him. I MEAN, WOULD YOU ADMIT THIS IS A CRISIS? How about, HOW ABOUT JUST CALL IT A PROBLEM? ALL HE'LL SAY IS IT'S A CHALLENGE. Uh, THEY WON'T ADMIT THAT THIS IS A CRISIS AT THE BORDER, IT IS. 7800 PEOPLE PER DAY IN THE MONTH OF APRIL, WE DON'T HAVE MAY'S FIGURES YET. Uh, this is a full-blown crisis, but they won't admit it's a crisis, and they certainly aren't going to admit that they are the root cause of that. It is their policies. Uh, they dismantled the successful policies of uh, the previous administration that pretty well stopped the flow of unaccompanied children, of uh, families exploiting our asylum laws. It's Democrat presidential candidates that said they weren't going to deport anybody. They're going to be offering people free health care. That's a huge magnet. And then when you just see the reality of the situation that he's thrown open the borders, the only restraint right now is Title 42, and he's fighting in court to end that as well. This administration wants open borders. Democrats want open borders. I can't explain it, but it's destructive to our country.
1: And why 1,000% agree? And to demoralize the border agents who are working long hours, tired hours, and then they're treated terribly like this, and they don't get an apology, they get some sort of a political repercussion because this administration can't admit that they smeared them for no reason. I mean, this is crazy. What kind of a world are we living in? that people who are trying to protect us on the border are getting smeared and getting falsely accused. They get cleared, but that's not good enough. They have to like kind of fabricate some charge now to basically justify their smearing against them. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm on line six. Norm, your thoughts about all this.
12: Yeah. Hi Rita. Um, yeah. I mean, the, uh... The previous uh, soundbite you had there that, yeah, the Biden administration, they want to eliminate border agents uh, because they want to eliminate the border. <laughs> um, but, oh, that's you know, I, By the
1: way, Norm, you just had a really interesting point. Do you believe that that's what it is that like, you know, basically so nobody wants to be a border agent, just make it so bad? Is that? Yeah, that's an interesting yeah, point. Well, I mean,
12: look, I, I have I have a friend uh, who I'm trying to convince him to call you. He's not a border agent, but he's a custom agent. He, war- he worked on the border, and it was it's, – it's, it's very demoralizing. It's quite, it's quite a miserable job anyway um, in, in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, you know, it just – it bothers me that powerful people like Joe Biden or powerful people like Maxine Waters, that they're willing to crush – these small people, essentially people making—I don't know what they're making—fifty thousand dollars. I don't know what I don't know what a border agent pays, but that you know that they're willing—they're willing for their own political careers, for their own—you know—which uh, which smacks of unreality, and you know, and for whatever you know, for appealing to their leftist constituents, you know that they're will that they are will have no problem crushing small people. And that, I find that terrible.
1: Yeah, I do too. Norm, thank you. I find that really, really distasteful. And you're right. It's like they're willing to throw them sort of under the bus uh, to vilify them, even given the, like, I mean, it should they should be, like, applauded. And think about also, by the way, I was thinking about border agents. Think about Uvalde. It was a border agent, you know, part of BORTAC, that sort of sophisticated border SWAT team, if you will, that took out the guy, the gunman. You know, I mean, they do really great work and really difficult work. And, you know, and yet these people, do, you know, it, it's just it's just disgusting. It is it is so disgusting to not appreciate these people who are working so hard and protecting again, all of us. Uh, let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania. Line three, Dave, your thoughts. You're here on the Rita Cosby show.
12: Rita, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Well, I, I think it's what's happening is just par for the course and very predictable. It's been going on. And anything that, for the benefit of the leftist movement, even though it's destructive to the country, and again, it's, I think it's part of that uh, managed decline of America that the left wants so they can empower themselves. So we'll mostly be holding to the government and the government elites, and you'll have your oligarch, you know, rich people who will be, you know, it has special privileges. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. And I think it's it's just people, like the prior protocol the protocol is saying they're willing to destroy small people uh for the sake of their own political careers and interests, yeah, they have no conscience at all
1: and how sad is that dave? i mean that that just dispirits people who are working so hard and trying to protect all of us. That's why it's so heartbreaking uh you know to me when I hear all this it's just it is unbelievable, and I just think it I think it's sad, I think it is really really sad um we go now by the way from the war on border agents to sadly the war on police and to me this is just horrible it's sort of you know is some of the same it's this it's this vilifying it's this nasty and things have gotten really dangerous by the way everybody With police. I wanted to talk about this tonight because it's so dispiriting. You know how much I love our law enforcement. One of my favorite segments that we talk about every night on the show is Back the Blue because I think it's so important to protect and support our border agents and our men and women in blue in all shapes and forms. And I just saw a new number today, which is stunning that now the amount of murders of police officers are up this year compared to two years ago 20%. There has been an enormous amount of tax on police officers. In 2022, this year, 156 cops have been shot, 24 killed, 24 law enforcement officers killed. And the last day or so has been deadly in America for police officers. And it's heartbreaking to me. And I know for all of you, because I know you love our police, too. And you're such big supporters of them. And I was seeing what had happened in El Monte, California where two officers went in to a hotel. There was a report of an incident there. They went in to protect a family and to go in to help other people, and they were ambushed, and two of them lost their lives. It is heartbreaking. And this comes at a time where there are reports across the country, including at the NYPD, uh, where they are losing police officers in droves who don't want to join the force anymore. They're retiring. They're leaving early because they just feel so demoralized. And this defund the police movement, this anti-police sentiment uh, is just really hitting its peak. And it's hitting its peak in major cities across the country. And this war on police and these people who just feel it's okay to open fire on police who are there. This story is heartbreaking of what happened in El Monte, California in the last 24 hours. Take a listen to the mayor there Jessica and Kona, describing these two heroes who just lost their lives.
7: Heartbroken
11: doesn't begin to express the loss that we feel with the news that two of our Monty police officers were shot today in the line of duty. As our officers do on a daily basis, they were acting as the first line of defense for our community members when they were essentially ambushed while trying to keep
1: a family safe. How outrageous is that? Two officers Killed in the line of duty. And this comes as there was one in Phoenix that we talked about on the show yesterday. A woman, a police officer, who thank goodness had her vest on, her bulletproof vest on, because somebody literally came over to her and tried to open fire on her vest, they believe, actually saved her life. Her bulletproof vest saved her life. She is fighting for her life tonight, but they believe she's going to pull through. But talk about all of these terrible attacks. This has to stop. How much do you think this defund the police rhetoric is adding to it? How much do you think this demoralizing of law enforcement officers is happening to it? And how much do you also think at a time now where crime is skyrocketing, they're arresting people. They are arresting the bad guys and they're showing up back on the streets. And then they're not getting paid a lot. They don't feel they have, you know, communities and they don't feel they have leadership in a lot of these cities that have their back. And now their jobs are getting more and more risky. What do you believe is contributing to this? And how do we turn this very dangerous tide? First and foremost, to support our police, that's pivotal. And also to make sure that they're there to protect us. We got to have people who want to join law enforcement. And what incentive do they have when they see how risky it is? Think about also what happened. You know, remember in New York where the two law enforcement officers lost their lives? They went down the hallway to talk to the guy, the woman's son, and he opens fire on them. And now we're hearing about what happened here in El Monte, California. I would love to hear some for, from some former law enforcement officers to get your take on how we turn this dangerous tide around and protect our police and protect our communities. It's 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
1: And we are sadly tonight talking about the war on police as if it hasn't been tough enough for law enforcement in the last few years. And these crazy defund the police movement and the people who have come after police we saw it during the riots and elsewhere now some really stunning numbers first off that many people are leaving police forces across the country we saw it at the nypd there's an exodus of record numbers uh statistics basically 524 resignations over a thousand retirements as of may 31st that's a huge number And now some really tragic news that shootings of police officers, murders of cops has risen 20 percent since 2020. That's a huge number. And in the last few days, it has been deadly in El Monte, California. Take a listen, because two officers went to a hotel, a siesta Inn, to protect a family because they got reports of a stabbing at a motel. And then they were open-fired on and lost their lives. This is the police chief there talking about what a huge loss this is.
5: The men and women of El Monte Police Department, as well as the community of El Monte, is grieving. I've heard that the only way to take the sting out of death is to take the love out of life. And believe me, they were loved. These two men were loved. They were good men. They paid the ultimate sacrifice serving their community, trying to help somebody. They do what hundreds and thousands of men and women do every day across the United States, get up with a uh, an oath to protect people and to serve them. And uh, these two heroes uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice. Today they were murdered by a coward.
1: Absolutely. We have to condemn this, and we've got to support our police, everybody. What has led to this moment where now we are hearing historic resignations and much more serious historic attacks on police officers? 156 cops shot this year alone, 24 killed, and sadly, a lot in the last day or so. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Bob. Uh, on Line 6 in the Bronx. Go ahead, Bob. Your thoughts, unfortunately.
5: Hi, I'm a, hi, I'm a retired NYPD detective. If you look online at the Charles Campbell
6: shooting, that's the Charles Campbell
5: oh,
1: shooting. Oh, Bob, 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 You're rambling here. Um, you know, you've called before, but we'll let you call in another topic because you talk about all these other crazy things. But let's go to Bob in Yonkers on Line 3. Bob, go ahead, Bob. Go ahead.
5: Uh, uh, Hello, Rita. How are you?
1: Good, good, good. Give it. We'll hear some rational thought from you. Go ahead, Bob.
5: Uh, Rita, uh, my condolences to LAPD. It's terrible what happened today, but I'm not surprised. The liberals are destroying this country, and they got to get rid of Biden. Biden is the reason why this is happening. He sends a message out throughout the country that people should disrespect law enforcement, and law, law enforcement should wake up and have a national movement on the White House and request that Biden resign. That's the worst thing that can happen to a president if law enforcement turns their back on the president. They need to do that.
1: Well, you know, the thing is we need to have leadership, as you're saying, that supports law enforcement and says this will not be tolerated. That's pivotal, don't you think, Bob? I mean, it has to go from the top down because citizens Absolutely. can't feel, citizens can't feel that they can attack police like they saw in the riots. I mean, you know what? You know what? I think about, Bob, the minute they burnt that police station in Minneapolis during all the George Floyd riots, to me, that was such a symbol of we just don't care. We're going to burn. You know, they you know, I mean, the horrible rhetoric that the police officers suffered, too, and still do right now. Um, But when they did that, it was a symbol of like, you know, oh, we, we just don't care. And it's that that right away should have said no. As soon as I saw that police station burn, I thought. The, the administration needs to say this cannot happen. That needs to come out clearly. Everybody from America needs to say we cannot live in a country. That's anarchy, you know, and any attack on a police officer, the country needs to be united against. Real quick, what's your thoughts about this, Bob?
5: It's terrible. I'm telling you right now, the middle class people in this country are being destroyed by Biden. If they don't get rid of him right away, we're in big trouble.
1: Yeah, and, th- and it's scary because he needs to come out and defend officers, too, on so many levels, Bob. Uh, let's go to Larry real quick. Line two, Larry, real quick, your thoughts.
12: Okay, this whole thing is happening because of the politiza- politicization of cop trials. Kim Potter is innocent. I'll say that ten times, okay? That, was, that was the woman
1: with the taser, right, if she's I remember? Sit- yeah, yep.
12: Yeah, she's sitting in jail. An innocent woman is sitting in
9: jail for what? Because she killed an animal who shot somebody in the face?
1: Well, and I remember that whole thing with the drive, the car was moving or not moving. But, but I do believe, Larry, by the way, just overall, we must support our police. we got to appreciate them, and we got to back our law enforcement.